Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. pilot episode of a new potential series from the nerds who haunt themselves which we are tentatively calling flash of genius um the idea behind this podcast is that i'll talk to a creator about a specific thing that they've created and then explore the journey of it from the initial idea the uh, flash of genius of the title through to the development and finally the finished thing and for this first episode i'm joined by john tucker to discuss his podcast this foul earth the first series of which has stormed its way to number 15 in the slovenian comedy chart um hi john how are you i'm very well thank you how are you i'm, I'm all right that didn't feel natural at all I'm <laughs> like i was reading that but there we go <laughs> that's okay that's all right but yeah uh how's things how's a uh, lockdown life lockdown life um yeah no it's fine um uh yeah everything's okay it's uh the the podcast has has done pretty well um which was a you know nobody was more surprised about that than i was um <laughs> So, uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that. I mean, like I say, number 15 in the Slovenian comedy chart. And that Look, was la- last check. I don't know whether it's gone up or... Uh, there are famously, you know, the Slovenians love uh, their comedy, you know, because I did notice on that chart, I didn't quite manage to to topple what seemed to be a show about a gold toilet, which was in number 10. I think it was uh, Latrina RTV. I uh, didn't manage to knock those boys off their perch, but you know, if you're if you're a newcomer into the Slovenian comedy charts, you know, you got to start small. So, you know, I was just grateful to be grateful to be on the chart at all. <laughs> who can compete with a gold toilet? Well, not me, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, the, obviously the podcast is this foul earth, as I said, and um. So what was the genesis of the idea for this foul earth, given that you're a comic book guy as a rule? Yeah. Um, so what was the genesis of this foul earth? Um, the genesis of this foul earth was um, the the very first idea I had for it was about two years ago. Um, because I just um, I just read Limmy's short story books. And I'd listened to the audiobooks of them, and I liked them so much that I thought, I'm going to try and rip him off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have with so many things in my life, I thought, I'm going to rip off Limmy. But, um, uh, so, the like, because I did, I did, like, a pilot. Um, I did two pilot episodes. Uh, I, say, I say a pilot like they were being produced. I, uh, what I mean is I made two MP3s and didn't upload them to the internet. <laughs> I made like two test episodes to see how I felt about it. And one of the and it wasn't it wasn't like um you know one half of a conversation like like the show is now. It wasn't like it is now. It was um it was like third person uh like a narrator telling a story you know clive went into work one day feeling very much the same as he did on every other day that sort of thing you know um so i I did two episodes of that um i did one about embarrassment and i did one about a computer game um 
Yeah, there's one about embarrassment, there's one about a computer, a computer game. And I I had them on my phone, and I'd listen back to them every now and again, and I'd think, what's wrong with this? You know what I mean? I'd, I would just, i just listen back to it, i think, there's nothing technically wrong with it, but I just don't know. I just don't know. So I didn't tell anybody about it. The only person who knew about the first series of This Foul Earth was Cliff, because uh, Cliff Cumber, who I approached to be the voice of it then. Because Cliff, if you if you listen to This Foul Earth, Cliff is the announcer at the beginning. He's the one who says, you are listening to This Foul Earth. And then it's me talking for the rest of the show. Um, I approached him because he was my first choice to be the announcer then as well. And he very kindly said he would do it. Um, and then he also said yes when I asked him again two years later. So um, I was very grateful to Cliff for that. Um, because I, I think he, he did add a lot to the show. Um, so that was the genesis of it. And then it sort of went on the back burner for, yeah, about about a year and a half. And then last year, um, October last year, my daughter was born. And, of course, lockdown happened and all this other stuff in between. So um, drawing became a lot harder. But also... Um, uh, the impetus, like the the drive to make um, comics, because um, as as I mentioned to you in the past, like um, you know when you know there's an event coming up, you do kind of feel a little bit of a pressure to have some something to release, don't you? Yeah. You know, like to have a book ready for you know, like every time I went to True Believers, I had a new book every single time. You know, um, like one year it was uh, Night Watch, one year it was. Um, uh, plan a plan b and the other year was the king right so i had something new every time to show um but without that you know i did murder and um you know i'm st- I'm, I'm still working on murder too and i'm still working on the frog comic and all the rest of it but drawing got a lot harder because we've got a, a, a very small child in the house and obviously we're, we're in pandemic conditions and i've still got a full-time job that i have to leave the house to do so that doesn't help matters um <laughs> So I thought, right, well, if drawing's that much harder, what can I do that um, that will feel comfortable to me? Um, so it's because the, the problem is if you if you're like a and I hate this term, but if you are like a content creator, <laughs> right, which is what they used to call you know artists and comedians and musicians. If you're a content creator, um, if you don't if you're not able to uploading new material, it's like you don't fucking exist. Yeah. You know, you are gone. You are you vanished from people's imaginations. You are down the memory hole. You're gone. So I thought I don't want a memory hole myself. So I thought, well, why don't I try this podcasting again? Because I've at any time I've got like a dozen to a, to eighteen to twenty ideas for comics or little short things in a you know in a file on my iPad. Some of them are a couple of years old. Some of them are just formulating at the minute and will grow into something else you know but i thought well why don't i just go through that and pick out six six ones that are probably never going to be comics and i'll see what you know i'll 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 just make them into podcasts you know i'll bring back this foul earth i'll bring back all that you know because i reserved the names i love the name yeah you know the the name was the first thing i decided on because i thought it was evocative of like have you ever seen that film this island earth yes it was the the mystery science theater 3000 the movie yeah. film um yeah i love that. that movie now without that yeah i love in the back of my mind <laughs> yeah of course yeah i love that title i love it because it's uh it's uh it, it's like it's familiar but it's also um 
it, it evokes like a distant terror. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I loved it so much. So I just thought, um, and it sounded, it's got this like grandeur to it as well. So I thought I just need to change Island to foul and that completely robs it of its grandeur, but also makes it sound a bit pompous and stupid. <laughs> so I thought that's perfect. So we'll stick with that. This foul earth. Great. And, and also no one else had the title, which helps. Um, and yeah, it was basically just um, going through what I had in the drawer because a couple of the ideas would not have worked as comics. You know, things where audio was a factor. Like there's the, um, well, I'm sure we'll get into the episodes, but there are a couple of episodes where, you know, um, it would it would be much harder to convey the, you know, the plot on paper without sound. They were I, I tried to make sure that every single one had a unique sound element that couldn't be reproduced in a comic, you know? Yeah. And that was, so that's how it came about. So it was basically just me plundering my own script drawer and going, right, what is, what will, ne- what will never make it into murder? What will never be a book? What can I use as a, as a demo for, you know, for this version of the podcast? And as soon as I started making those, I thought, Oh, this is it. You know, this is the way it should have always been rather than me trying to do the limmy thing and narrating the story, you know? Um, it should just be the way my comics are, you know, just someone telling their story after the fact and uh, it just being recorded for posterity, you know? So that's how it came about. That was the genesis of it. Um, And I realise I've been talking for quite a long time now, Stuart, so if you could say something, that would be... (laughs) Well, no, I mean, (laughs) I love the idea of it as, like, a lost radio documentary series kind of thing where the interviews have just been found again. Um, It's got that sort of feel of a... Ken Loach, Mike Lee, kind of kitchen me all those old BBC radio dramas, because I sort of grew up on those. Because being a child of the 80s and 90s, I didn't have a television in my room, yeah, so it was audio stuff. So like the Dirt Mags, yeah. I talked about it before, but the Dirt Mags, um, DC stuff, Superman, Batman, that, and then off the back of a love for that, sort of fallen into it. And I think you've hit that perfectly to the point, like you say, where you can visually see it in your mind particularly um the forgotten town for example when you talk about you know them setting fire to the statue and it's smiling or they can see it smiling through him yeah and you just picture that in your head it's it's very visual in an audio way which i think is what works great in great audio there's yeah. there's none of the uh you know oh i'm just going to open this window yeah well, the the thing like uh, you know, I, the thing is like I've I've got an advantage for making podcasts because um, somebody somebody who wrote about the show, which I'm sure we'll get onto a little bit later, said that it was oh it's his first audio outing. Uh, it isn't. It it isn't. I I was a radio presenter and a producer for three years when I lived in Manchester. <laughs> um, I've got a music tech A level. I've I've been doing this stuff for years. I just I just didn't really have an avenue for it until yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not I'm not a, a wonderful musician. I can play the guitar a little bit and I can hammer out a few notes on the keyboard. So I did all the music myself because I did, the one thing I really did not want to rely on was library music because you know like because you can always spot shows that because um, a lot of shows use there's like um, there must be like one common library in America that a load of shows use because you'll sometimes hear like um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia incidental music appear on like RuPaul's Drag Race and it's yeah. so incongruous you know so I didn't want to use music that some people may have heard elsewhere so I wrote all the music myself but things like you know like in the Forgotten Town when he goes inside his house and you can still hear the music pounding through the wall yeah 
like that's a very simple music technology trick like it's not you know it's not difficult to do that but you know that was uh, it was it was it was honestly it was really really good fun to to sort of like to get back into that way of thinking about things rather than thinking about layers and you know uh (laughs) you know cmyk and all this other crap (laughs) to to go back to thinking about something easy and simple like sound (laughs) you know (laughs) but uh no it was i honestly like i it was it was hard work i will say it's like you know big respect to all the boys and women working in radio drama because what a hell what a hellacious job that must be because <laughs> i thought oh, i'll knock this out in two weeks it'd be easy wrong it was really <laughs> difficult really really hard at points to make to make that thing work you know because any blips in sound in a, in an audio bit of fiction any incong in, any incongruity or any blips in it you are pulled out of it immediately yeah you know but uh yeah no it was good fun i i I really enjoyed making it really enjoyed it yeah no it's i mean that definitely comes across in it as well um it's been interesting with lockdown because obviously with a lot of theaters not being able to perform on stage a lot of those turned to audio as well which meant that in articles in like the guardian and that or the audio medium got a lot more respect suddenly yeah from being that you know thing that they did on the cheap at the bbc to fill out radio 4 kind of job yeah which the article itself pissed me off because they'd ever done any research into the audio medium they'd understand that it's not a fucking bottom of the run kind of thing no i mean i think yeah i think there's there's a common mix-up like people think that it's that it's easy or that it's i think people think it's easy because it's cheap i suppose it's the same with comics isn't it people always assume that's easy but yeah that's it actually looking at the skill involved in it well that's it because the thing is you know like um you know television and cinema has had a monopoly on the idea that making um you know making narrative art is hard because they've had the benefit of um of a it being the most popular medium and b um you know the the sheer volume of behind the scenes featurettes and all you know i mean like they've they've had the the means to control the message on that one you know like i think people think yeah. that like tv and tv and film and maybe like video games and stuff that's hard um anything else is is an order of magnitude less difficult and maybe that maybe that is true but you know there there are challenges that are unique to comics as well as making you know audio comedy or audio drama or whatever you want to call it you know it's it's you know n- n- nothing's easy you know, nothing yeah. is nothing. Nothing. Nothing is ever easy. Or maybe maybe that's just maybe that's just the way I do it. But nothing. <laughs> nothing's easy. But um, it was very satisfying. I will say that. So sort of, how did you record it? Because I mean, it sounds like you went into a proper recording studio <laughs> and had the foley artist doing all the sound and everything. But I'm yeah. guessing that wasn't the case. Uh, no, it was not. I um, I recorded <laughs> it on. I recorded it in the room I'm speaking to you in now, which is. Uh, People who've seen me on Twitch will know it as the streaming lounge, also known as my back bedroom that we don't use for anything else at the minute. Um, uh, just a computer, cheap computer microphone plugged into an eight-year-old MacBook. Um, yeah, and that was that was it. The 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 background noise, like the bird song and the traffic, um, that was. I I went out and recorded that on a Zoom. I've actually got it here. What model is this? A Zoom H1N handy recorder. 
when I recorded that. Um, all the sounds of like, you know, the guy driving his car. That was my car. You know, I I recorded that on the way to work. Um, I'm trying to think what else was in it, um, sound wise. But all the all the sort of like, all the foley artistry, the the footsteps. That was my footsteps. You know, the only thing I had to I had to make library I had to go to library for was the pub at the beginning of the liar. Yeah, that was the only thing I had to go to library for because I tried to make pub noise, but um, the problem with pub noise is that it's really difficult to recreate that on your own <laughs> because you end up with just this homogenized blob that all sounds like your voice. It sounds really, really disconcerting. It's, it's like uncanny, weird, horrible. But um, uh, and the other thing is like a pub has unique acoustics because of the amount of bodies that are in it that so- that soften the the tone and also push it up into the room and it's a really weird sound mix in a pub so i had to go to the library for that that was the only thing in the whole thing that i didn't record myself everything else was me all the music all the foley all the all the all the voices of course except for cliffs everything else was me yes <laughs> yeah no i mean it's um it's incredibly impressive like i say it doesn't sound like it's one guy Kind of, and the thing that really impresses me as well is the character that doesn't speak, which is the interviewer. But how you bring them in and you you feel like they're part of the episode, even though they're not adding anything vocally to it. Like where he, you know, make sure he's got his tea order right, and the, you know, don't say anything till we're in the car, kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, that... yeah, the, the, I mean, that was all the pretense that this was like found footage. You know what yeah. I mean? Like because I didn't want to. I didn't want to push that too much because you can overdo that really easily, you know, because, uh, yeah. you know, because after the office debuted in this country, you know, so much like mockumentary comedy afterwards, it was just, they laid it on so thick. Whereas the genius of the office was they were, tr- you know, like David Brent, the character, David Brent knew he was being filmed, but was, uh, you know, he was trying to reserve himself, but he couldn't help himself, and he was always aware that so he wasn't acting naturally in the office. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think a lot of a lot of people got that completely wrong when they were ripping it off in the years that followed. So I didn't want to I didn't want to lay that on too thick, but um, but I thought there has to be a because re- like with the comics, you don't need a reason for a comic to come out because you know I made a comic and that's that's the reason this story exists because I thought it'd be funny and here it is. And you either like it or you don't. But but with this, I thought it'd be good if there was something stitching it all together sort of like so that there's a reason for this like thematic series and there's you know a through line and they've all got something in common if we ever want to revisit them again you know then that's something we could you know uh we could have the character recognize and and recognize the interviewer or you know what i mean like so it's like you said it's an it's an extra character that you can draw on if you need you know yeah, it reminded me of those. I don't know if you're familiar with it because they rarely repeat this stuff. But Dave Allen used to do a series in the 70s and 80s where he'd sort of go around and meet quote unquote weird people. So like a guy yeah. who lived in like the world's smallest house and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it very much has that sort of feel for me. Again, that might be me projecting that slightly onto it, but it's sort of. No, I think that's the, right. Yeah. The stories like things like um, The Liar. It's, it's a great It's one of those ideas that it's so beautiful in its simplicity that i'm really annoyed that i didn't think of 
Rich, just because we've all met that person. Other oh, version of that person, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and just the idea that it is a professional liar. <laughs> a professional actor who's been hired to be the liar, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, like, because I was thinking about it, because, like, what I really wanted to put in was, because um, where I where I used to work, I used to work in Swansea, and where I worked, there seemed to be a disproportionately large number of people with, like, received, and not received pronunciation, that's wrong. It's, um, they had, like, uh, you know, it was all sort of, like, uh, public school accents, you know what I mean? Like, it was all sort of, you know, Izzy and Tarquin on the punt, that sort of accent, and, uh, You'd speak to these people on the phone and you think, Christ, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, because especially in Swansea, that really stuck out. So I thought, I really want to put that voice in this somewhere. But if it's about Welsh life, there isn't really an avenue for this. And also, I didn't want it to be, you know, just, um, like, how, how to put this? It's not, I didn't want it to just be like, oh, and this is the episode where we take the piss out of the English. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't want it to, to be just that. Sure, it can be. It can be that. Absolutely, it has that function. But um, it had to be. It had to be whale. The whole thing. The whole thing had to be like whale centric. Even if we're yeah. not talking about whales, it has to be rooted in Wales and about the Welsh experience and Welsh comedy, which I think is distinct to English comedy. Which I know I've said on this podcast before, but you know, um, which I think is distinct from British comedy as a whole. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like I say, it's so sort of with picking the stories. You said you went back to like old notebooks, files on your computer kind of thing. How did you settle on those six or were all six of them already there? Or did you add ones to flesh it out kind of thing? One one of them was written really late in the game. Which one was written late again? Um, Forgotten Town was written the week it came out and recorded like in the in the two days before it was due to come out because it was going to be something completely different right at first like it was going to be um basically uh the idea it was going to be it was going to be more than one character in it and it was going to be about this cul-de-sac where one morning they'd all woken up and none of them could remember anything right it was like a collective amnesiac episode so like 7 a.m it turned seven o'clock in the morning and they all forgot who they were what they were doing everything they forgot everything and it was going to be about that but then, because I'd written it all out and there was like three people in it, but I thought, this is a lot of work because A, we're going to have to distinguish the three characters, not only with accents, but with Foley. Um, we're going to have to keep the ball in the air, like, you know, um, you know, um, as they're recapping what happened on this day where they all forgot who they were. We're going to have to keep track of who's where. In Because it, 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 like, it made sense to me, but when I look back over it on, on like Microsoft Word, I was like, this is mental i was like this this is too complicated for a for like a 10 to 15 minute comedy show <laughs> like this is too much it's like i've tried to fucking cram tenet into like a like a, like, <laughs> like a 15 minute podcast so i thought right scrap that so i just scrapped it all on the wednesday and the episode was due out on the sunday so that right okay um so that, right so forgotten town then so i just thought right because I already announced the titles. That was the other thing. Like, it had to be called The Forgotten Town. So, I mean, I could have changed them, but I thought, no, let's fucking, let's try and stick with it. Because I did like the title. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, you often hear about towns that have been left behind. But what if it was a town that was left behind for a really obvious reason? You know, what if it was a town that everybody left behind because, oh, that's right, yes, because they installed a 40-foot statue that's playing umpire music 24 hours a day and it's been doing so for 20 years. 
<laughs> done. Dust your hands, done. So all I had to do then was write a bit of umpire music, <laughs> which it turns out I'm quite a dab hand at because everybody who's heard that has complained about the music that I know of. All my mates who listen to the show said that music's really pissed me off. I just found that I was like like humming it for want of yeah. a better term later in the day. It's that's like, it. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But like, you know, that wasn't done with like some fancy, you know, some fancy software. That was garage bands. You know, that was a, a MIDI keyboard and garage bands and a couple of like fake brass band instruments. Like, you know, it's uh it, it, it was a cheap show to make. It was really <laughs> really cheap, you know. Yeah. Um no, I mean, that's impressive because, I mean, I just assumed you'd either got somebody into the music or you'd just found some really top quality library music. <laughs> no, no. Just because uh, I was like, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> I just it, assumed like the umpire music was library music. Oh, no, no, that's... Um, Not that's to a, do it as a disservice thing, but no, I mean, no, that's no, a compliment no. kind of thing. Uh, no, definitely, yeah, no, that is original John Tucker umpire music. <laughs> <laughs> so will there be an official score release at some point? <laughs> You know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about a, a way to like put the get the music out. To, but the thing is, because it, it was just a couple of bars of a of an idea that were just looping underneath. I don't think it'd be. I don't think it'd be very compelling for people to listen to. So. Just a three-hour umpar album. Yeah, exactly. Like um, like that Godspeed You Black Emperor album yeah. where the vinyl <laughs> looped at the end, F sharp, A sharp, Infinity, but just with umpar music. <laughs> Now we're talking. <laughs> They'd love that in Slovenia. Uh, of course they do. But, but yeah, no, I mean, so sort of recording it because you're on your own. Yeah. How, I don't know. Is it it's different to like doing a podcast like this? Is it weird just sort of sitting in a room talking to yourself essentially or, you well, know, put, acting put to yourself? Funny, putting on funny voices. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a little bit. It is and a Mrs. Bit. walks by and she's like, no, I'm not going to ask. The, the really tricky bit was um, because we had a small kid in the house, it was finding time where I could do it where you wouldn't hear her screaming in the background. Yeah. That was really hard, you know, because um, there were whole takes. In fact, there, there is, there are a couple of points in the podcast where if you really listen carefully, because I tried to, you can, you can sort of fiddle around with the, with EQ a bit to, to deaden that you can find the um the frequency that the scream is at and drop it in the in the mix you know to, to deaden it but there are a few spots when i because i listened to it back um uh today in fact because i knew we were doing this i listened to a couple of episodes back and i did hear one i can't remember where it was but i did hear the the just the little bit of scream through the door <laughs> i thought there she is you know but um yeah i mean it was uh it, it was a little bit weird. It was a little bit weird doing that. But the thing is, like, because it was, you know, it was all, like, people just telling their story and all the rest of it. Like, I had all the, you know, it wasn't improvised. It wasn't, it was all written down, like, to the word. I, I knew exactly what was going to be said. You know, it was, uh, you know, the, the, the script for this Foul Earth was, I think it was about 30,000 words or something like that. It was, you know, it was a long document. It might even yeah. be longer. Um so yeah, it wasn't improvised. Um, it, 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 but I think it was because you know I, I knew all these people. You know, not the situations, but of course, but every single voice I did belongs to somebody that I n- know or knew. You know, yeah. like um, the 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 very first episode, the the guy who was Wales's most famous entertainer for eating newspaper. <laughs> Um, he's based on somebody that my dad knew who was probably the most boring man I've ever met in my life. 
Uh, well, uh, well, I, I got to tell you, Mike, uh, uh, we got about uh, 16 tons of gravel out of that deal, and uh, I was I was very pleased with that. I don't mind telling you, but uh, enough frivolity for an evening, eh? Yes, uh, you know, it was like that, and that he would talk like that for 40 minutes. Um, you know, my dad was very patient. You know, like, oh yes, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we get it, you go bloody hell, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, it was hard to listen to, but I thought. That's the voice. That's that's you know. So we use that, and then um, there was somebody. Uh, there's somebody. Uh, I, I'm not going to say how I knew this fellow, but um, you know, in the very last episode, which is like the like the compilation episode of like yeah. what people expect for the future. Um, there you know, there's one fellow who talks like that. You know what I mean? Like you know, hundred thousand years, every Welshman would be completely smooth, completely smooth. You know, I knew I knew somebody who spoke like that for real, and. You know, he, he would just strut around uh, like 50 mile an hour. He had nowhere to go, but he'd walk as quickly as he could, just making these observations. And um, he, he was obsessed with the price of, of everything. And um, there was a fellow I used to know in the same place I knew this fella who would cycle everywhere. And he'd cycled in one day and he hung up his cycling jacket. And in comes this bloke, whoa, 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 whoa. He goes, that's no cycling jacket. That's no cycling jacket. How much that cost you? How much that? How much was that? He said, "Oh, it was about um, it was about five hundred quid because you know it was like a proper one. It was like yeah. padded and all the rest of it." And uh, he goes, "I got one of that. I got one of that. Uh, it was meant to be it was meant to be six hundred quid. It was meant to be six hundred quid. I got it. Hundred fifty quid. Hundred fifty quid. I got mine." And his bloke went, "That's good." He said, uh, "He said, do you wear it much?" And he went, "No, it's too small." <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I've told that story about five hundred times. Like my mother-in-law's heard that story, but that's the kind of bloke he was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just plundered my life for the voices. You know, I'm working on series two at the minute, and like voice supply is the is the is the bottleneck for this. Problem, <laughs> is that like how many different voices have I got? You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, like that. Uh, keep staying in the voice was tricky. Like, because I'm not an actor, obviously. Like, I would I never you know. I've got no acting experience. I'm not an actor, but I thought I can I can keep a funny voice, you know, because you do funny voices at work to make your mates laugh and all the rest yeah. of it. I can I can keep that up. No, you can't. <laughs> like <laughs> after about ten minutes, you know, oh, you're starting that voice, you're starting that voice, and then by about five minutes in, I I, I think I'm just talking now. I'm just talking in my own voice, you know. <laughs> like for one of them, like in fact, you can you can even tell like um, the Forgotten Town was the last one. Because um, I just fucked off the voice. I just used my own voice for that one. I thought, I get one. Surely I get one. So I just, oh, fuck, I'll just use my own voice for that one. <laughs> Couldn't be bothered thinking of a funny voice for that one. <laughs> so so did you sort of try and record them all in one go? Or do you just do snippets with a natural break? Kind of a bit like you shoot a movie kind of thing. Um, I, I, I try and record every episode in one go. I would try and record it. I mean, if... if um what I would do is I, I'd, I'd go as far as I could until I made a mistake that I couldn't recover from. Or if I thought the voice had varied too far, you know, yeah. and then I would stop and I go back and try and find like the last clean break and go again from there. So there's loads of outtakes, you know, there's loads of bits where I'm like, yeah, or where I've stumbled over a word or lost the thread on Cause I, I was just reading the script off my iPad, you know? So, there was places where like I forgot 
where I was on the page and all the rest of it. Just like really basic mistakes, you know, <laughs> the kind of thing that like any professional voice actor, like the thing they teach on like day one on the the master class. I don't know who teaches it, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, loads of really basic mistakes. There's loads of outtakes for this foul earth, but um, yeah, it was. Um, the the actual re- the recording the voices thing there was a couple of ones uh, there was a couple of them where because this thing this is one thing because like whenever you try something new like especially when I started doing comics I didn't really take I didn't really have an appreciation for like how long it would take yeah you think oh the episode's ten minutes long so it'll take me ten minutes to record the audio <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like yeah. the film's nineteen minutes it's like was that a joke in Futurama like it took me twenty minutes to write so I thought it'd take twenty minutes to read you know. <laughs> Like that's how it was. That's how fucking stupid I am. I just thought, oh yeah, it was ten minutes, so I'll just do it in one take and then down for tea. No, not one take. <laughs> you know, you got to do it a couple of times. So it was like a, a couple of them I did have to. I had to go back and re-record them. So I thought, oh, it's awful. You know, or like I fucked up the settings on the computer and it wasn't loud enough, or there was too much noise, or you know, or I could hear next door coughing through the wall. Or, you know what I mean? There was loads of stuff where I thought, oh, I'm gonna have to go back and change it. You know, but um, it was it was you know what it was it was pretty easy. You know, like all things considered, I know I know I said it's hard work and it is hard work, but um, it was a lot easier than making comics. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot easier, way simpler than making comics. <laughs> Not even close. Yeah, it's, it's the editing side I find. It's like with a podcast, same thing. It's like, well, I only recorded for an hour and a half, so it'll just be listening through to it for an hour and a half and just editing out the bits. It's like, no, six hours later, I'm still there, finally fucking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's why I largely gave up editing these bastards. But yeah. <laughs> Unless somebody says something particularly heinous. It's yeah. Like, it's like it's all staying in. So. <laughs> Live with it. But sort of, what was the editing process like after that? was it um, i'm guessing with adding the foley and the music and yeah it was it was mainly just adding like yeah it was adding foley um the music came first uh because um if if i needed to because, because the way the way garage band works and if, if i use like a proper editing program if i use like logic or something that wouldn't have had this problem but i'm cheap so i did um <laughs> because it ties it all together to the tempo of the song if you want to speed audio up like if if you think a vocal track could because this is something they do all the time when they're like recording audiobooks and stuff um and some podcast apps will even do it for you is that they'll like compress the sound to like uh get rid of silences or just to like make you know make some sentences shorter yeah you know to like to make them snappier to make them sound faster they'll do this sort of thing um but if you do that in GarageBand, it fucks with the music. So I'd have to like do the music first and then mute all that, record the audio over the top of the loop and then mix it afterwards. You know, mix the music first, make sure that's all fine and then do the vocal track and then remix the music under the vocal so that it's fading in and out where it needs to. And then Foley under that, Cliff at the beginning, fade out at the end. You know, it was... I'm sure there's an easier way of doing it. Like it's been years since, because when I did my music tech A level, there was one computer in the school that had like Cubase on it, which I'm fairly sure was off um, uh, LimeWire, and um, <laughs> like we'd have to take it in turns using this incredibly old computer to try and like record, you know, our um, MIDI keyboards, drum covers of like um, 
uh, Slipknot songs, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like Funeral for a Friend, right? <laughs> but, and I thought at the time, I was like, yeah, this is almost certainly how all the big producers got their stats. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> but things have changed since then, you know, like it used to be like you had to have mountains of specialist gear to get like anything remotely close to like authentic, um, you know, uh, instrument sounds. And now they're just, you can get them on an iPad, you know, or like amp, amp uh, amplifier effects for a guitar. You know, you just plug the guitar into the iPad and play it, and then you mess with all that after the fact, and it works fine. You know, all yeah. the all the guitar parts were just me mucking around on the sofa with it plugged in with my guitar plugged into an iPad, and that was it. You know, it was yeah. It's it's never been easier, and this is why like. You know, you know, it's it's the the classic thing. You know, um, what do you call a what do you call what's the collective noun for men? It's a podcast of men. Men be podcasting. You know, like that fucking that old chestnut. You know, and especially during the pandemic, you know, like you know, a lot of podcasts cropped up. You know, um, yeah. And I think, you know, that may be true, but it is still very difficult to 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 make a podcast, even if, even if you're not really trying that hard you still have to it's still quite complicated do you know what i mean like yeah. and i i tried really hard at this father like i wanted it to be you know i didn't want it to be one of those things that you kind of you're kind of setting expectations for in advance do you know what i mean like oh you know it's just a bit of fun like <laughs> which is what you say when you think a project's going to be the shit right well, oh you know it's nothing serious please don't please don't look at it too closely you know that's like pretty much how i sell everything i've done <laughs> it's how i used to sell things i don't do it anymore i don't do that anymore because there's no sense in doing yourself down really yeah. there's not you know and with this i thought no i've tried my hardest i really tried with this you know sincerely and i know it's not cool to say i tr- i tried my best but i did with this i really did try my hardest to make something that i thought people would enjoy and I knew not many people would hear it. You know, I thought it's just because I thought people who follow me like me for they either like me because they like the comics or they like me because I did an impression of Adam Curtis two months ago. <laughs> and I don't know if either of these groups are going to be impressed with this thing. There is no Adam Curtis episode of this foul earth. More's the pity, but there isn't. Right. That Those are my two groups. Those are my two demographics. Adam Curtis freaks and comics people. Um so I thought, well, not many people are going to hear it. So, but even even so, I'm still going to try my best because, you know, I want to feel proud of it at the end of the day. You know what I mean? That's how that's how it was to me anyway. Yeah. No, I mean that really comes across in it. Like I say, it's you can tell it's being made by somebody who wanted it to be good and who enjoyed doing it. Even I, you know. Yeah, I did enjoy doing it, and also it was it like. I, 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 I hope that people who listen, to, who listen to this show especially, who probably know me a bit better than like um, my Johnny-come-lately Adam Curtis followers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like, I obviously, like I that, that show is like my love letter to Wales. You know, I fucking love this country. I genuinely do. Like, I'm, you know, I'm very proud to be Welsh and I'm proud of this country and the fucking weirdos that make it what it is, you know? <laughs> I'm proud of um, Trevor, who I used to know where I was growing up, who um, got stiffed on a car deal because 
someone had the most horses in Wales for two months, so that's why he trusted him. And I'll never trust him again, the bastard. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm proud. You know, I'm proud of that bloke I used to know who spent 150 quid on a cycling jacket that was too small. I'm proud of this country. You know, and it, and I didn't want it to be. I didn't want it to be. Oh, you know, um, bloody Matt Lucas doing is the only gay in the village. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I I didn't want it to be. You know, it's you know it, it's it, I, I i wanted it to contain the affection i have for the country and yeah. i think it does you know even though it is stupid and silly you know i, I think it is still you know I, I i that's what that was what i wanted to be because like, you know and I, I did enjoy making it and i did really try but i also wanted it to be this you know you know uh, like th- this is the this is wales as i know it you know it's yeah. my personal document of wales wales is a weird country but i'm <laughs> deeply proud of it and this is my this is my um record and tribute to it you know yeah it's a i mean like i say that that comes across and it's like you say it's not that you're mocking these people there's a genuine affection for them both as yeah. a, you as a creator and as a listener it comes across it's both i mean the surrealist touches of nightmare like the forgotten town i mean that's a like you know twilight zone episode in another hand kind of thing and the genuine horror of waking up in that situation kind of thing. and the way you describe the guy who drives his van into it it's like as he drove by i swear i could see he was crying yeah and that line in the delivery is both funny and at the same time one of the most heartbreaking things but this this is the thing like because you know the 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 big like because the big challenge of like this fall earth was trying to cram as many jokes as i could into it without it being just you know farce you yeah. know what i mean like it had, to, it had to have like a backbone to it but also you know like the, and, and also like in the forgotten town like the the person who um had a heart attack because they had a car horn yeah who got who got struck off from their architect job because all the houses started to look like tubers <laughs> things like that you know what i mean like as soon as i thought of that joke i thought oh, that's fucking going in do you know what i mean because i thought that'll temper the sad bit that's coming up in a second do you know what i mean yeah. like it was it was all peaks and troughs with this far earth that's it and it's i mean again in that episode the, describing the thing of moving away from it but you're still haunted by it because you're just waiting for it to happen yeah it's a bit like when you've had hiccups for like an hour and then they finally go and yeah you're on you're edge. Like, oh, what's that yeah <laughs> yeah it's like this fucking better not come back <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but that sort of thing yeah like i say the genuine affection for the people in it even like the liar where he's not necessarily a character that's had a tragic life kind of thing it's it's almost like you know his life went the right way for him in the end kind of thing but even that the affection for that character who is one of those lovey actory types at the same time yeah but like i said there's a genuine affection for that type of person as well well it's not that, that you're mocking him the uh, rada type no that's it but the thing is that i've met lots of rada types who have moved here yeah you know like i i, I met loads of them I could, a couple of years ago i was um I, I went for this like it wasn't quite a job it was like um uh what was it, what was it? Well, it, it was basically like you'd work with the arts council and basically the idea of the job was you had to um meet with like school governors and school staff and you know the school would have x amount of money to spend on like an art session with an approved you know criminal record checked artist so you'd go in and you say right what 
um, you know, based on your school reports, what do you need improved, right? So is it, you know, is it English? Is it music? Is it, you know, what is it you need, right? And then you'd say, right, okay, well, based on what you told me, I think we should get X person in and we'll measure the improvement using these metrics. And then if it works, we can apply for more money next year. So it's basically like trying to get art into the schools and then crunching the numbers to show to Welsh government, look, this works, right? So it was basically like a, a broker for the Arts Council. And there was a bunch of us got invited to this like assessment day at the Waterfront Museum in Swansea. And I got there and they were all, I was the only person there who wasn't a professional artist or entertainer. Right. I, I was the only person there who had, a, who had a regular job. There was somebody from the Welsh National Orchestra. There were a couple of people who like had like a pottery, um, like, uh, I don't even know what you call it, like a pottery shop and they threw stuff on the wheel themselves. There was a few like set directors and like, you know, stage managers and all the rest of it. I was the only person there who wasn't in that world. And all the activities, like, as I thought it was going to be like, you know, how, you know, they were going to be assessing how well we could broker a contract between two parties and all this other stuff. So I thought it sounds interesting. So I'll apply. And there was none of that at all. It was all like drama, like drama class games all day long. It was just games. Right. (laughs) And one of the games was they took us outside, right? And they said, right, there's going to be leaders and there's going to be followers. So we're going to divide you up into two. And I was in the followers camp. And they said, right, we're going to pair you up with a leader. And they did. And they said, right, followers, close your eyes. And this was outside in the waterfront in Swansea in the middle of summer. So it was packed with other people who didn't know what was going on. And they said, right, close your eyes. And they said, right, now leader um touch your followers nose with your finger and i thought what and he said you're gonna lead that person around by the nose it's a trust exercise so if you pull your finger away they're gonna come towards you and if you push your finger they're gonna go back and i was face to face with this five foot tall woman and she went right close, close your eyes then and i said i'm not closing my eyes <laughs> and she went right she went, i'm gonna touch your nose now i said i wouldn't i thought <laughs> what is going on i, I oh my god i said i can't i said i can't do this because like i was like i gotta you know I, I work near here i can't have people seeing me being led around the nose by the <laughs> nose with my eyes so i can't have it i can't have it and so obviously i didn't get that job but like because i when i got in there they were all like hobnobbing around and they were all quite lovey-dovey and all the rest of it i thought oh here we go bloody hell do you know what I, mean? I thought i'm the i'm the only bloody working class person here unbelievable do you know what I mean? like <laughs> but then I got speaking to them all, and they were all lovely. Of course, yeah. they were. that was you know that was my perception, and I was completely wrong. They were all really, really nice, really, really personable, and they were, you know, lovely types. Oh, darling, that oh, that jacket on you is just divine. Do you know what I mean? Like, but they were they were all really, really nice, and I thought, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that was, you know, that episode came from them, really. Do you know what I mean? Like that was because a lot of them had come to Wales. Um, from other other places and and uh, obviously loved it so much they didn't leave so you know they those kind of people's experience of wales is just as worth documenting even in this fake documentary yeah. as as anybody else's do you know what i mean so like you know um yeah no no animosity towards the lovies from me <laughs> <laughs> but so sort of you went for doing it in series rather than a weekly or however sort of thing how did yeah. you settle on the six episodes and did you have a running order in mind or was it just the future was always going to be last yeah that was always going to be the last episode because i thought 
that's a that's you know I thought we'd get as much variety as we can in, but I also I knew I wanted to end on that one story which was um the um the, the e-boy union yeah. you know I, I knew i always wanted to end on that because um uh because cause if you if anyone uh listening to this has heard me on podcasts before um that thing that i said in character that you know uh people are lonely these days i believe that but <laughs> that's a real belief of mine <laughs> which i just shoehorned into the show because i think it's true i think these are like uniquely lonely times and like a lot of my work is about loneliness you know, because I think it is a lonely age, you know, and yeah. um, I think a lot of what's happened in the last couple of years has 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 shown that that is that's um, that I think I think I'm you know I I didn't you know obviously that that's something so I read I read an article years ago but I think I heard Adam Adam Curtis talking about it speaking of him but um, I remember thinking God he's right do you know what I mean like it is you know it, it can be very lonely these days. And um, so a lot of my work's about that. Like, bold is about loneliness. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought, right, that has to go last. Because, like, if, if there's anything in the show that is, like, my actual belief, and, you know, I thought that should probably go last. And plus I thought the idea of um, an e-boy cricket team was funny. So I thought we'll put that at the end because that's a good mix of, like, you know, times are hard, but also e-boy union cricket team. Um, so that was the only one that had a definite placement. Um, the running order got decided about a month before uh, the episodes were all finished. Um, uh, the newspaper was eventually the, because the first one to be recorded was, um, oh god, what was it called? The second one, The Great Beyond. That was Great the first Beyond. one to be recorded. Um, uh, but I knew it wasn't going to be first. I, I did that as that was the test balloon. I did that in like January yeah. before I announced it. Like I did that. That was like the second test. I was like, if this works, and I sent it to Cliff because I thought it's only fair. If I'm asking to use his voice, he has to know what he's getting into. Yeah. So I sent it to him. And I said, look, this is what it's going to be. They're all going to be like this. Are you happy to? And he gave me, he gave me a piece for the trailer and he gave me a couple of takes. He gave me a few takes of each. But I couldn't have been happier with what Cliff did. Honestly, like I think having if it had been me saying that, um, it wouldn't have been as good. I really don't think it would have, you know, because it would have just felt like you're listening to this foul earth. And then like I do that thing that impressionists do, where like I turn around and like mess my hair up <laughs> and I come back. I'm Al Pacino. <laughs> like, um, it would have just been ridiculous if I if I introduced the show and then I, and then I come back and I'm talking in a different voice. It would have been fucking awful. So I'm very grateful to Cliff for that, you know, because I think no, he, I think that he adds, adds a, a real sense of gravitas to it. To it. That, yeah, yeah, he definitely added something to that. There's a legitimacy to it. I think Cliff's voice is perfect for that. Percent, yeah, definitely. It's almost yeah. like he'd make a great cult leader. But. Almost, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a better cult leader than he would a Twitch mod. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nothing but trouble. But uh, no, I, I honestly, like, you know, I, di- I didn't have a backup. Like, if Cliff had said no, I didn't really have a plan B for that. I mean, there's people I could have gone to, but I think, you know, because uh, a, a very good friend of mine uh, is from the same place as Cliff and sa- and has a similar-ish. Yeah. Not quite as... Not quite as cliffy as cliff. It's hard to explain, but he, <laughs> no, he does have that that sort of like English that that specific type of English voice. I could have asked him, but the problem is, is like that that fellow was like the best man at my wedding, and it would have like you, do you know what I mean? Like it would have been too, 
you know, I've known him for years and years and years. Like, I'm sure to an outsider it would have sounded fine, but because I haven't heard much of Cliff's voice, like that, that to me sounded like a better announcer's voice for that thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think there's a softness in his tone that sort of, like I say, gives it that sort of feel of, again, and I mean this with the utmost respect, the BBC audio yeah. stuff that you used to listen to. It gives it that legitimacy. Yeah, that's that, it. That's know, exactly it, what that's exactly what I wanted, and that's what I think he delivered. But, but yeah, no, I, it's again, it's another one of the voices that you just couldn't imagine a different voice doing it. I did think about changing. I honestly, I I did think about changing the voice every season, but after I heard the first couple, after I'd edited Cliff in, because I thought oh, it might be nice if I have a different voice every time. But after I heard Cliff on the episodes, after I edited him in, I thought, oh no, you know, yeah. like it's probably going to be Cliff for as long as the show runs, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I can. It's a bit like when you watch something on telly and the narrator's changed. Just like, well, it takes you out of it, and I think yeah, well, that's it. Like you know, like it, there's like, watch, soothing watching. and comforting about Cliff, Cliff's voice leading you into it. Yeah, he's yeah, but and that's that's the other part of it because he 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 sounds so legitimate and so you know he has that voice, especially here in Britain. Maybe not so much in America or Slovenia, but definitely here in Britain. You know, um, that voice carries with it unsaid things like yeah. that. That voice, you know, it's you're listening to the BBC. I said there's a gravitas to it. Yeah, isn't it? this is real. What you're about to hear is real, which would not have been the case if I had introduced it and then done the turn the back Al Pacino thing. So, yeah, Cliff definitely added something there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it not being a Welsh voice as well, nothing against the Welsh, but it's like it sort of softens the Welshness of it. And I don't mean that. Again, no, I'm, no, I'm no, I'm a fine line where I'm going to be banned from Wales forever. No, but. no, 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 I agree. I agree. Is uh, Yeah, I didn't want a, you know, I always wanted a different voice to my own. Yeah. But then I thought, well, I thought, should it be a Welsh voice? Do you know what I mean? Like, but then I thought, well, if the idea is that this is a, you know, this is like a found footage thing, if that's the, the, the loose conceit of this, then, you know, maybe it isn't a welsh production company that found it or you know maybe it you know i don't know but i don't the the main thing for me was i just wanted i wanted the legitimacy that cliff provided in spades and i also wanted a breakwater you know uh you know like something something to, to tease you in you know yeah. to make you feel comfortable and make you feel like oh this is a this is you know that it was legitimate before we start talking about nonsense you know because i never start heavy with the nonsense no you know it's it's always like a gentle you know i'm sort of like i'm just sort of extending one finger and sort of like luring you in like come on come with me on a on a tour of some nonsense you know the great beyond's a great one for that well yeah possibly I mean, the one that goes the most out there as out there as some of the others are it's possibly the one that goes the most out there with the actual story the guy tells without yeah. going into it and spoiling it for people who haven't listened to it yet but yeah no, i agree i think i think that was the most uh that was the biggest departure from reality definitely i think it works really well as the second one second episode as well because it's something really relatable with the newspaper the whole working man's club thing even yeah. if you didn't grow up in that working man's club thing you're familiar with that, that used to be a thing whether it's through watching phoenix nights or just storage your parents tell you kind of thing yeah that's you're aware it. of what a working man's club was kind of thing 
Yeah. And yeah, to then go from that to the great beyond where you're kind of like doing that as the second one, you're like, you get the feeling that this could go anywhere from here. So. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, like I, I, I wanted, to, I wanted it to feel like there was like the ground beneath your feet wasn't quite steady. You know, like yeah. it, it could, and like it could go off in any direction. I mean, yeah, the working man's club thing. Like, obviously, that is that's a trope I have leaned on heavily in the past. You know, um, but it's more to do with like the absence of them. Yeah. You know, because it's a thing where you know there's a whole generation of people in this country who remember those things, and they remember them going away with nothing to take their place. Yeah. So they saw the they saw the culture change more or less overnight in their town, you know. Yeah. Something changed. Even if the club didn't shut down, something changed. And maybe people didn't start to come around as much anymore. And maybe you didn't, you know, maybe you didn't know the people in your street as well as you used to. You know, little things. You know, like, you know, and not necessarily, you know, uh, this could have been over a, over a couple of years or maybe even like over a decade or so but you know what i mean like just just this subtle shift away from local sort of like is you know, local community and local solidarity and moving towards a sort of a more lonely individualist model of society where everyone's an island and you don't really know your neighbors do you know what i mean like because yeah. like the working man's club as a, as a trope sort of played very heavily on my imagination when i was growing up because like you know, I think you know, I do remember going to a couple when I was a kid, but you know, these were this wasn't like going down on a Tuesday. This was someone who booked the function room at one of these places. Do you know what I mean? And they just yeah. seemed like these places out of time. Even then, you know, I thought this is odd. Do you know what I mean? This feels weird compared to other places. Well, that's and it. then it's like you know, so you grow up and there's none of them left. You know, that's it. A lot of my family, even when I was. Okay, but a lot of them worked like my dad, my granddad, and my uncle all worked for Doughty. So at Christmas and that, you'd go to they had their own social club on their land, kind of thing. Yeah. And you'd go to that, and it was just such a weird place. You don't think of any business now that's got its own social club. Well, this is it. That whole thing's gone. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's like office Christmas parties for your family. You don't get it anymore because I imagine insurance and everything else is just on the minefield where it's not worth getting all the employees to bring their kids and grandkids in for an office Christmas party. Well, this is it. Like, and, and it's another thing that, you know, um, as the world of work changed and society changed with it, because that used to be something like the union would lay on, Yeah. you know, like your local union would put on a party for union members and you'd all be in the same in- or allied industries and you'd know everybody from your town anyway. So it would be this like, like a, a bigger community thing than it is now. But like where I work now, the you know um the, there's a social club on the grounds of where i work but it's not i don't think it's an active social club anymore you know what i mean yeah. there's pictures up on the wall of like the 70s and 80s and it is but you couldn't get a fag paper between the people it's <laughs> packed out packed out right and it's just think it's just not like that now you know no. it just isn't and if you got if you get a works party like the place i worked before where i'm working now the works do was always a couple of years. It was at um, the Liberty Stadium in Swansea, and we'd be there with like with like twelve or fifteen other workplaces. We'd have our table, but then you'd look over and there's Admiral Insurance and there's you know what I mean, like yeah. And you're with your group, and yeah, one of your lot is over on the Bucking Bronco machine that is inconceivably there for what is meant to be like a captain's table night. Don't know what that's got to do with anything, having a having a mechanical bull. <laughs> but someone one of your lots over there on it, that's fine. But you don't know anyone else around you. And it's just you know what I mean? And it's just 
yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, like social change has informed a lot of the work. Loneliness has definitely informed it. Like, but the yeah, the working man's club is basically it's basically it's just shorthand for that. You yeah. know, in people's imaginations, like because I think even people who don't remember that again like you said through things like phoenix nights or hearing about it from their parents or their grandparents they do know what that used to kind of what that used to be and kind of what it used to mean locally so i i do lean on that as shorthand for a a bygone age you know there's a wonderful line in that episode as well that's both optimistic and has the hint of melancholy in it which is when he's done the talking about doing the kid's birthday party for his mate because he was let down by the clown or whatever it was. Puppet show let him down. The puppet show let him down, yeah. um, Where he says, you know, they had no idea what I was doing and they weren't interested at all. And it's like, which is kind of nice because you always want better for your children. Yeah. And it's like both, it's like, oh, that's a really nice optimistic thing. But in the delivery, there's a certain melancholy to it as well of a sadness that they'll never know the joy of that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think the the thing, like, the newspaper, like, for anyone who's read Bald, like, the guy in the newspaper could basically be the main character from Bald, but just 30 years down the road. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, um, un, you know, unflappable, unfazed by the world, you know, um, things happen, oh well, you know, like, yeah, like, the, the, that is a that is an archetype of Welshman, you know? Yeah um I, i'm not asked you know <laughs> you know like that that being their ethos for life i'm just not asked um yeah i mean uh, yeah i, I it, it was definitely intended that way so i'm, I'm glad you picked up on that <laughs> but yeah i know i do see what you mean and yeah that is how it was intended yeah Cool. That's good. I'm sort of worried I was projecting my own things onto it. <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, maybe we both are. But I think <laughs> no, like I said, it's definitely sort of what came across. Um, again, sort of being on the cusp of being that age where I remember the bends of that sort of time as well, even though I was never in the full, you know, meat raffle. Yeah, I say it. Well, the meat raffle's true. That's yeah. Somebody from my from my last job told me about going to a meat raffle in Skewen. You know, a disco and a meat raffle. That was a thing. That was that used to happen all the time. You know? It's just such a bizarre thing. It is, but, you know... You go like, to a disco and come home with warm meat. Oh, that's it. Like, because the, the person who's telling me the story said... Um, uh, she said, I went to a meat raffle in Skewer in the 70s. And she went, I think she said... Um, she said that was the, the night I realised I was gay. Because um, I walked into this disco at 7 o'clock. And they held the meat raffle at 7.30. And I had to carry around this big crate of meat all night. <laughs> because they had to raffle it off while it was cold and he said and all these blokes were coming around me going oh that's a those are lovely sausages ooh, ooh, ooh. And he said, so they were only interested in the bloody meat and i thought i'm just thought i got no interest in men at all <laughs> and true to a word she was a lesbian for the rest of her life but uh yeah i mean because i she told me that story when she was training me up to like drive the van in my last job and you know because you know you you and that's the other thing like you listen to people something like that inevitably comes out you know what i mean yeah. like you give them enough time something like that comes out yeah <laughs> you know like and i just I, I just think that's you know that that's that's the magic of life for me that is you know I mean? if someone tells you a story like that i think fucking hey do you know what i mean thank yeah. you so much for telling me that because that's class <laughs> <laughs> i love it and stories like that i love it absolutely love it 
it's just so wonderfully left field and that's why I've never been much of a talker I've always been more of a listener it's like I'm stealing elements of your life so keep talking yeah oh definitely yeah there's de- yeah there's, there's a definite art to knowing when to shut up and let people keep talking definitely <laughs> but yeah I mean it's it's a lost art as well I think <laughs> ironically in the age of podcasters oh yeah well exactly yeah definitely but so you sort of put it out into the world and obviously recently with the Guardian thing, but what was the initial sort of feedback from it? Did you get feedback or did you just sort of let it go and ignore or, you know, not really pay attention um, to the numbers and that sort of thing? I didn't look at the numbers at all. I, I never did. No, I didn't. I'm, and genuinely I didn't. Cause I know some people are like, Oh, I don't really care about the, the metrics, but you can tell they do. But yeah. um, believe it well, or I not. I don't, but I still keep a spreadsheet of the numbers <laughs> just to yeah. see what's working and what's not yeah. working kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, it makes I say, a difference I mean, to no, I, 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 no, well, that's it. well that, that was my thought entirely like i'm not like if if this thing tanks i'm not gonna what am i gonna do pull it no they're made they're coming out so who gives a shit so i thought well i'll just upload it and see what happens so um i put it out and um once again once again um you saw it here first folks the awesome comics podcast were the first people to to crow about it you know, because it was in the Guardian, yes, but the Guardian got scooped by the Awesome Comics podcast <laughs> because they had Lee Richardson on the show, yeah. And God fucking bless Lee Richardson, right? Because she said on the Awesome Comics podcast that she really, really liked the show, and you know, and obviously that that was, you know, that meant a lot to hear that coming from her, and because um, I really like Lee's stuff, and um, yeah, you put me in onto it. I think you put a tweet out when The Haunting came out. Oh my god, haunting! And I fucking jumped on that. I was like, one, if you're recommending it, and two, it just sounds great. I fucking loved it. That's I'd be amazed if that's not if 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 I read a better book this year, I'd be absolutely fucking stunned. Genuinely stunned. You know, like that's top of twenty one for me. Top of list. You know, fucking bet the house on it. But she she bigged it up on the Awesome Comics podcast, and you know, and again, God fucking bless those boys because you know. Basically, like, and and also, and then, well, we'll we'll get to this now. Um, Lee's Richardson wrote into the Guardian on my behalf. They put a, a call out, like, oh, let us know your favorite funny podcasts. And I was in work. I work most Sundays, right? So I was in work, and of course, the first thing you do when you get to work is you immediately start dicking around on the internet. <laughs> so I opened the Guardian. I scrolled down the page, and I just saw a little, like, it was like a little pastiche of little podcast covers. And it was like fifty funny podcasts. And within this little picture, the picture could only have been like, I think it was like two inches high by like three inches wide on, the, you know, on the front page of the Guardian. And I saw this little cluster of pixels in the middle. I thought, no, no. And I clicked on it and it just, poof, it was smack bang in the fucking middle of the page. Whoever designed <laughs> that graphic, they put it dead center. And I went, Oh. <laughs> I, I bet your first thought was like some fuckers stolen my fucking graphic. I fucking <laughs> choked. I lit. I really choked. Right. And the guy who was working with me turned around and went, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good." Because <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't tell him. I couldn't tell. Him. Nobody at my job knows about this. Nobody knows about any of this stuff. They don't know I do the comics. They don't know about any of it. It's a complete secret. Yeah, so I'm I the thought, same at mine, so. yeah, that's it. Because you know, what's to be gained? 
But I thought... That's it, the last thing you want is the people at work fucking ripping the shit out of you 24-7. Oh, my God, I know. Or, like, asking you to explain it. It's like, can't yeah. just fucking leave me alone, right? <laughs> so I went skimming down the article. I was doing about 100 mile an hour down the page <laughs> trying to find the fucking write-up. And I saw it there, and it was... It said, this foul earth picture. And it was like, oh, yeah, really good show. Characters are well done. I recommend it to everyone. Lee's Richardson, Bath. <laughs> I thought... Fuck, like you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I owe Lee Richardson big for that, right? And well, that's it, because you're in a list with no offense, but you're in a list with like genuine oh, big name podcasts like How no, Did This Get no Made, Fake taken. Friends, Real Doctors. Yeah, no offense taken. I'm I'm one of three people in that list who's not a professional entertainer. Yeah, there are three people in that list who've got real jobs that they have to be on time for and shit, and I'm one of them right but and this is what it comes back to again is like you know lee's richardson fucking you know did me the biggest solid you can imagine by writing into the guardian on my behalf um lee i wouldn't have met lee's if i hadn't gone to bam and i wouldn't have gone to bam if i hadn't gotten in touch with the awesome comics podcast you know yeah so those what those boys do you know because this foul earth is not a comic they did not they did not have to give that a, a shout out on the show but they did you know um so i mean I, i'll just say this again for the fucking record but i'm incredibly grateful to both Lee richardson and the awesome comics podcast without whom you know a, most of the people who know about me wouldn't you know what i mean yeah so you know big up the awesome comics podcast but um yeah the feedback was really good like uh, uh, you know a few because obviously if it's a list of 50 podcasts um, you know who the fuck's gonna listen to all 50? But a couple of, but you know, but then um, because I sent the link to my missus, I was like, I'm in the garden today, and she was like, what? <laughs> and she said, how many downloads have you had? I said, I don't know. I said, I don't even know how to check. So I I, I logged onto Podbean, the, the thing, and I think in the first th- in the three days, because obviously there was a massive spike and then a tail off. Yeah. Within those three days, before that, I'd had. Uh, 800 downloads across the six episodes which was pretty good considering that it was just this fucking stupid thing right um in those three days after the garden went live i had five and a half thousand downloads you know and it was about that over the 70 odd episodes i put out of this (laughs) and it was it was number 29 on the comedy charts at its peak in the uk comedy charts it was higher up than bill burr it was higher up than trixie mattel and catches Amalogica from um, Drag Race. It was higher yeah. up than fucking loads of things. And obviously it tailed off. Of course it did. But the, I've you can't take that screenshot off me. <laughs> <laughs> I was number 29. I was in the top 40 on the UK comedy podcast chart for two days. I was in the top 40 for two days. You know? Yeah. And considering that was just something I made at home for a laugh. And, you know um you know similar you know it was made of uh, off cuts of <laughs> comic scripts you know um yeah it really fucking it really traveled you know yeah. really really traveled and there are still things ongoing from it now as a result of being in that list i think i can say now there's a couple of things happening with it but one of the things i think i can say is that um it's going into the british library <laughs> awesome <laughs> the british library got in touch somebody got in touch and was like I'm I work for the British Library. Um, can we put this foul earth into the the sound and moving images collection? 
And I thought, bollocks. No (laughs) way. So I Googled him, and he really is. He is a British Library um, person. So a podcast that is about fake interviews going into the archives, never to be heard again, is now going into the archives, never to be heard again. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) But I, I did email because he said, oh, we just need your permission and everything. So me and Cliff are going into the fucking archives for, for life now. And um, I said, i got to ask, how the fuck did this show qualify for this? And he said, well, he said, we're, we're, we're expanding our podcast library of you know British made podcasts. And we're particularly keen on independent work. And, and obviously uh, in that list, I was one of the only independent shows that wasn't from a network, wasn't from the States. Yeah, you know there was very few of those in in the list, so that's how I got selected. So I mean that was you know that was huge. That was really big. You know it's just been it's nuts. It's been really really strange. You know, <laughs> and you know it's just you know I wouldn't it, like you said at the beginning like this. What, what's the the tenth title of this show? Flash of Genius. Stroke yeah. of Luck more like. You know, because <laughs> if I if I put this Foul Earth in its original format two years ago nothing would have happened to it it wouldn't have been in the guardian and nothing would have happened you know yeah but because it it was now and it was this it it just so you know it, you know lightning struck twice kind of thing yeah and yeah it, it's been it's been incredible i mean genuinely incredible you know so and, sort of yeah sorry and no i was just gonna say and, and you know i was really really glad that because you know when i put it online originally people were like oh yeah really good john well done i thought "Mm, you know we know each other you know like you can't tell me if this stinks but it has been out into the wild now up against the the public the guardian reading public but the public nonetheless i haven't had anyone get in touch and say this fucking sucks (laughs) like it would have been fine if they did because it's not it's definitely not everybody's cup of tea somebody left it a very grown-up three-star review in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's had like i think it's had like 13 five star reviews and one three star which i do respect i do respect that it's like yeah eh, no eh, to be fair you don't want five stars across the board it looks dodgy it looks really sus doesn't it yeah that, that three i think adds authenticity to it so thanks again to to cliff for voicing the show and also leaving me a three star review. <laughs> thank you <laughs> but yeah wouldn't it be no, ironic if it was lease <laughs> <laughs> well Fucking hell, if anyone's entitled to, after all she's done for me, fucking hell. That's it. It's, well, I, I can't help but imagine that the Guardian, when they put the list together, would have at least checked out even five minutes of an episode to make sure it was something they wanted in the list. Oh, they must have. Yeah, yeah, yeah it must have been vetted, definitely. You, you don't want to put something in your list and then find out it's like an alt-right yeah, it's like white, a white power, power podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, this foul earth, and we all know why, don't we? You know? No, like, they, yeah, they must have checked, they must have scoped it out. They must have done, you know. Otherwise, they're incredibly fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they didn't scope it out, well, fuck me. Those boys live for danger, don't they? But you know, no, I think they must have done. And it, it was probably just some fucking some fucking bored journalist on Saturday just skimming through it. Uh, and I was eating a newspaper. All right, yeah, very good. Put that in. <laughs> What's that? Oh, the Welsh the Welsh newspaper. Yep, yeah, sure, fine. Ugh, whatever. What's next? Nicole buy it. Yep, yeah, good. Put it in. <laughs> but so that sort of success does that uh, uh, you know at the risk of you know putting it undue pressure but does that put extra pressure on approaching series two or no. do you stay in the mindset of i'm doing it for me if people like it 
Um, or not no, so much I'm, for you, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, I would, I would, you know, when you say like, oh, you know, has, has the success of this changed you? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean like that. Has the, has the success of having just enough downloads that you had to pay for Podbean Premium for a month? <laughs> I, I thought it was so. A bit if much anything, you you're out of pocket rider, as a result but... of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like as a result of this, you know, no, I, I don't think it's, you know, obviously this is not like. Um, it's not like a, it's not a run, it's not a smash hit. It's just a stroke of freak luck. Um, no, it hasn't changed a thing as far as I'm concerned. Like series two is, it'll be ready when it's ready. Most of it's written, some of it's not. Um, uh, some titles include uh, the Kennedys, the Frozen Woman, um, and I hate to say it, folks, get ready to moan. But I think we're going to be finishing on yet another remake of Calvin. I know, I know. Oh, when are you going to stop bloody making Calvin? <laughs> but you've got to remember, now I've got the Guardian lot and the Adam Curtis lot who haven't seen it. So, <laughs> so I'm going to be remaking Calvin for the third time. <laughs> oh, absolutely punishing my hardcore fans. <laughs> That's what they're coming back for. <laughs> probably, you know what? I I said that as a joke, but think about it now. It probably will end on Calvin. I think it probably will. It probably will end on a Calvin remake. <laughs> oh, certainly now. Um, yeah, that's decided. Yeah. yeah. Calvin, end of series two, Calvin. <laughs> so, what's the long-term plan beyond series two? Or are you just seeing how it goes? Do you have a set number of series in mind, or is it just I'll, as and when you feel like it? I'll, I'll make it as long as I, as long as as long as it's fun. As long as I have ideas, I'll make them. That's it, really. And that's a, that's true of anything. You yeah, know, I think that's the best way. If if I decided tomorrow, oh, you know what? I'm not really having fun doing comics anymore. See ya. That's the end of it. You yeah. never see me again. I'm exactly you know? the same. There's you know, something it's, romantic about just vanishing as well from the yeah. face of comics. And it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be fun, and it's got to be. Um, because the thing is, like, it's so hard to do. Like, you've got you've got to be enjoying it, otherwise you you know like because you see all the time like because after after the Adam Curtis video um sort of did the rounds like for anyone who isn't aware of this i did like a a video where i did an impression of um bbc documentary filmmaker adam curtis and that sort of did the rounds amongst the curtis heads online but a few like comedy people retweeted it and i saw a couple of these people's profiles and um you know and because that because that thing really traveled like re stupidly like taika waititi retweeted that video you know like (laughs) That was fucking odd, right? Yeah. Um, and David Baddiel, who I'm not as keen on, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but there were these like comedy accounts that are like people who are like trying to be Mitchell and Webb and stuff. And yeah. you look at the videos, and you can tell from the videos that they're not enjoying it. You know, it's like we have to put a video out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and it has to be at this time for the algorithm. It's always the same time the video. Yeah. And um, it's going to be a two minute face, you know, face to camera piece. But you can see in their eyes they're not feeling it. You know, it's just they want to be in comedy, and this is this is the path they've been told to. This is how they're told it works, and this is what they're doing. And so they're making the video, and you know, but maybe it's just me. But I looked at some of them, and they just look really unhappy. So, so I thought, well, you know, like after that Adam Curtis thing took off, I wasn't thinking, right, I'm gonna have to have Adam Curtis videos ready Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, <laughs> ready for the Adam Curtis heads to log on around the world. No, it was just. 
you just do it if it's fun and then if it takes off great if it doesn't who gives a shit like yeah you know i've been making comics for years and no one gives a fuck about that <laughs> you know like no one gives a shit about those so like you know if people gave a shit about this follower for two minutes and if they all go away again then nothing nothing lost right you know what i mean yeah. like it started from nothing and we'll end up with nothing again so it doesn't really matter <laughs> you know it doesn't really matter to me genuinely now i'm not you know this isn't like oh yeah you know false models it's not like genuinely i'm at a point because when i was younger you know like i've always been really really interested in comedy and i I used to think like oh career in comedy that'd be really really good and when i was like 19 or something like that if this had happened to me when i was 19 which it wouldn't have because i wasn't funny when i was 19 because no one is right um if this had happened to me then i would have i would have been paralyzed by it i would have been like oh my god what do i do now do you know what i mean like yeah it would have felt like the fucking spotlight's on me. What the fuck do I do now? I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a shit because I'm in my thirties. I've got a, I've got a job that, you know, um, that I can do well and it pays enough for me to live a lifestyle that I find acceptable. I don't need to be fucking begging producers to look at my videos. I don't need to be pitching scripts. I don't need to be involved in all that. You know, yeah. I can just feed my daughter a bit of mushed up parsnip and we have a, and we have a laugh. <laughs> You know, I don't give a shit anymore. I I don't give a fuck. And you know, maybe that is the maybe that's the wrong attitude, but that's my attitude now. Do you know what I mean? So I'm really grateful for all because I had loads of really nice messages, and it always you know I had loads of really nice messages from people who live in Wales who didn't know me who were like, oh, I recognise these people. You know, a couple yeah. of someone DM'd me and they're like, I know exactly who these people are, and I hope they didn't mean by name exactly <laughs> who they are, but I think I think they meant it more generally, but stuff like that that felt really good because i thought this is a love letter to wales and if you know other welsh people recognize it as that then job done you know but yeah i mean no i i can't say that the the guardian thing that was the that was the nicest surprise i've had in years probably since my parents gave me a playstation for christmas when i was 11 <laughs> and I, I didn't know it was coming genuinely didn't know because you know sometimes you got an inkling that box might be a Nintendo or whatever. Yeah. I had no fucking idea. This was the biggest surprise I've had since then. And it was the nicest surprise. You know, it was, it was like that, that was one of the best days I've had since, you know, you know, obviously notwithstanding my daughter being born, like yeah. that's one of the best days I've had in years. You know, it, it, I was, I was on air that fucking day, you know? Yeah. It just felt great. You know, and it, it, it may happen again. It may not, but if it doesn't, you know, I was the one. I was the one normal person in that list. You know, the one person who's not a pro in a list of fifty. You know. Yeah. And that's that's fine. No, that's it. I think if you, I think that's a lot of people that initially did podcasts expecting that you know by the third episode they'd be sleeping on a mattress that they had to <laughs> share out in the fucking episode and they'd be getting sent underpants in the thing all for the sponsorship thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think. It's the same with anything. It's, if you go into it looking for the fame, money, or glory, you're not doing it for the right reasons. I mean, those are nice byproducts, but yeah, I, think, I mean, I think if is, you expect it, it's yeah, absolutely. Because the, the the real thing is, like, I I do not want to be famous. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, the idea of being famous makes me fucking sick. Yeah, I can't think like, of anything worse. I can't think of anything worse. I don't want to be famous. I want to. I, you know, in a, in an ideal world, right, it would be like you know maybe do a bit of writing or whatever for a living, or you know make a, make you know make a few little stupid audio things for a living, 
or work on someone else's show or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Not have to go into a to a job, just sit in the house in my pants and just make stuff. The, you know, the wife's gone, she's taking the kid, and I'm in the house. <laughs> Due to negligence. comfortably off your own means, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm you know just making comedy, or whatever. And then you know maybe I go to the BAFTAs one year. I meet Adam Curtis. I apologise to him. Um, <laughs> I'm banned from ever going to the BAFTAs again because um, I didn't wear a black tie and <laughs> and I just like, earn enough money to live comfortably. Like, the idea of like being in like you, you, know, you see like um, you know when they like profile comedians in the Guardian, they've got to take like a picture of of them like sitting in a big leather chair and they've got to yeah. put on like a serious face. It's like um, could this be a different side to David Mitchell? It's like oh my god, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like how the fuck do you do that and not feel sick? Like the only person who does those photos well is Limmy because he really mugs it up. Do you know what I mean? He does that, <laughs> that big awful smile he does. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Limmy's the fucking blueprint. He's the only person who does it properly in my, in my view. But he doesn't even, he doesn't go out anymore. Do you know, he was on telly for like three series of his show, but he said, now I'm never working on TV again. I'm just playing games on my computer. <laughs> like even he doesn't want any more of it. Do you know what I mean? So I think he's, He's definitely the blueprint. Like he, yeah. If I could have Limmy's life, that'd be class. Do you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> just to play games <laughs> on my computer all day. <laughs> That's it. It's yeah. Like I say, it's just, just sort of be in a position where you're comfortable, living comfortably enough to do the things you love, yeah. and not have to worry about anything. <laughs> That's it. Well, that's all anybody wants. I think even people who like you know, people who don't want like creative careers. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I know like, a lot of the people we know, I think would would if you asked them what would make them happiest i think it would probably be you know making graphic novels or making comic books for a living you know um and i think i think i think a few of the people that you and i know i think are more than suitable for for that you know yeah. what i mean and I definitely have the talent and the drive and everything to do it but you know even people who are in you know i think i think that's all anybody wants they just want to do something that they enjoy and earn enough money to live comfortably and that you know that and that's it but i think that, but then there's also people who like that that's not enough they don't just want to live comfortably and have a nice time they also want they want to be recognized in the street and they want people's respect and it's like who the fuck cares <laughs> i mean if some stranger stopped me in the street and went this foul earth sucks i'd be like yep yeah, sure that's fine just let that float on down the river don't give a shit <laughs> don't give a shit and i wasn't always that way i used to be quite insecure about that like you know, because the thing is, like, uploading stuff that is intended as comedy, it can be fucking cringe, can't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was really frightening, uploading stuff that was meant to be funny. Because the worst thing that can happen is not, you know, it's not someone being bored. It's someone going, oh, do you think that's funny? Oh, my God. How embarrassing for you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I Now, I'm not as asked about any of that. You know what I mean? And it's liberating. Do you know what I mean? Honestly, anyone who doesn't feel that way... Feel that way. I recommend it. You know what I mean? Stop caring. Stop giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Jesse Freeman it. really does. It's like when I was doing the films, I had no expectations of them, but still, because I was in my early to mid twenties, there was still that thing of you know it didn't go anywhere. That's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> Whereas yeah. now, if I did it, I'd be very much. And I sort of look back on it now as like, wasn't it an amazing experience to do it? Hundred percent. Like, fuck that nothing came of it. Well, that's it. I'm not hobnobbing with Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino, and yeah, you're not looking through like feet pics monthly with Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Read that no, magazine on your own time in your own house. Exactly. <laughs> on my own terms, goddammit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. turn the page when I say Quentin. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. this hasn't really been as much flash of genius as it has been. Just do what you want, have a nice time, and don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, we the, the flash of genius was the initial idea, so I think we sort That's of went in enough. there. But and yeah, it's just how that idea grows. So, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. It was really interesting to because it's again, it's not something. I've sort of dabbled with comics, or I don't know fuck all about layers or any of that, as Andy will attest to when he has to try and correct my shit to send it to print. Sure. But, but yeah, sort of this world, other than as a listener, is completely alien to me. So, it's a uh, yeah, it was genuinely interesting to listen to. Oh, good. So, yeah, thanks for coming on and talking about it, and congratulations on all your success in Slovenia. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, big up to my Slovenian fans. Cheers, boys. I'll be over there as soon as travel restrictions are over. <laughs> I'm guest appearing on uh, uh, La Vitra RTV. <laughs> awesome. So before we go then, um, other than this Foul Earth Series 2, you got any other upcoming projects you want to mention? Um, or? Yeah, uh, Bald is being made into a movie. Awesome. <laughs> So keep your eye out for that. That's true, by the way. Um, yeah, the BFI. Um, uh, I'm working with the BFI and a production company in Manchester, and we're making Bald into a film. So that'll be out this year. Um, that's that's been in the works for about two years. Yeah, I remember you mentioning it when it was sort of tentatively being approached, kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's, it, yeah, that's that's filming. I got to go up to Manchester next month to to be in my own film because I said <laughs> that's a deal breaker. And I've also got I've got to review a bunch of actors' self tapes. Because um, because the, the production company are all northern, they can't spot cod Welsh accents. <laughs> they don't know the difference. So I've got to review the tapes for authenticity's sake. I said just I said if you can if you can close your eyes and picture Fireman Sam, they're not the one. Just fucking get rid of them. They said no, you need to look at the tapes. So I've I've got to review the tapes. Um, that's the main one. Murder Two will be available. So obviously that was going to be available this month, but obviously with everything kicking off, um, yeah. that's been put on pause. Um, but that will be coming out this summer because that's very close to being finished and this follow two will be at some point in the near future because it is pretty much written now i just need to get on with it do you know what i mean i just need to make it now there comes a point where you're like oh enough faffing just get on with it and it's, it's getting to that point now you know what i mean where you just gotta knuckle down you gotta have a point. certain amount of procrastination time that's 95 percent of the creative process you do have to have that but you also have to have that moment where you're like all right come on yeah you know what i mean like that's it it's, it's the equivalent of going Right at the end of a night when you need to leave, Jeremy. <laughs> right, that's it. Right, well, oh, what's the time? Right, see you later. You know, like so, you've got to get going at some point, and I think I just need to get going with it. So keep your ears out, uh, Slovenia. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, and sort of on that, then, where can people find um, this foul earth and various other John Tucker related products. Oh shit. Um this foul earth if you just search on your podcast player or on Spotify for this foul earth, it is there. Um uh, or Google it and it'll take you to the page where you can listen to it. Um for anything else, um my Twitter page is John Tucker Art, um which is uh, your one stop shop for all podcast and Adam Curtis related stuff. Uh, and then uh, my website is uh, johntucker.co.uk for anything else which uh, includes those comic books that I used to make before I became a podcast mogul (laughs) (laughs) for you left it all behind yeah exactly yeah no and I would say if you like this foul earth and you've not checked out your comics yet that it's definitely of a John Tucker feel so yeah 
basically the same thing it's just in book form <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i'll put all the links in the show notes and everything um for anybody that has sort of come into this for the first time you can find nerds who haunt themselves online if you put um hauntednerds.com you can go there it's um that'll take you to the true believers nerds who haunt themselves website um you can find us on twitter as at haunted nerds we're on podbean as hauntednerds.podbean.com or whatever it is or wherever you get your eye your um what are these called podcasts from yeah fucking ask me one of them days <laughs> um yeah and uh just like to thank you again john for coming on and chatting with me about it no happy um, to happy to have a very good time really enjoyed it um if you enjoyed listening to this do the usual things reviews subscribe all that crap and also check out, check out the archives because i've been on this show loads <laughs> yes, yes i've been you... on this show fucking over and over again Stuart cannot fucking get rid of me it's like every uh, every fifth or sixth show i'm on i'm ranting about films i'm arguing with tom stewart who's a fine man uh, <laughs> and i'm ranting and raving about god knows what this is just the long the latest in a long line of rants and raves from me on this show so thank you to Stuart for having me Stockholm back syndrome at this point yeah exactly yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, thank you for coming on and talking about it. I really enjoyed it. And you know, you're always welcome on. So, and cheers for listening. Thank you.